Hello and welcome to another Film Flashbacks episode on the Auto Archives podcast. The basic format is each episode we select a year at random, talk briefly about that year in movies, our least favourites, our top five, along with some honourable mentions and some recommendations. This time around we took a look at the year of 2006, a year where we saw Italy win the World Cup in Germany, Arctic Monkeys released their debut album, Top Man polo shirts were the latest fashion trend, and was a time when my only real concern was who to put in my top 8 friends on MySpace. It was also a great year for movies. Listen now to hear Max and I share our views on the movies that were released in 2006. Thanks for listening and enjoy! Thanks for coming on for another episode. How are we doing? I'm very well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is our second episode of our film flashbacks series, where we basically take a look at a year in film and just look at the highs and lows of that particular year uh, and just basically talk through the ones that, that stood out for whatever reason. Um, so on the back of the last episode, which we covered 1989, we randomly selected the next year, which is good. what we're going to talk about today, and the year was 2006. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember we said at the last one that since doing a bit of research, it's pretty fair to say this is in our peak cinema uh, trip that the... we would go and see just like anything at the cinema. Yeah, I think this is that starting point where, you know, a bit of independence, you start going to the cinema with your friends a bit more, um this is where i had a weekend job so i had more money so like I, this is before i had a cinema world card so this is when you know you got more money to go to things like cinema as well and it's just that it's that cusp isn't it where you can't you can't go to the, you can't drink anywhere yet because you're not 18 but you're just before you, you know you've got the independence of being able to go to places on your own but just not being able to go like on nights out so things like the cinema are like a peak experience and something to do when when you're at that age so yeah that was um the start the the start of a lot of cinema trips definitely um but before we go fully into uh the year of 2006 on on an end of a different podcast around our 80s action movies we said we'd go away and watch a film so the film uh we agreed that you would go away and watch was police story the jackie chan film so do you want to quickly talk about now you've watched it what your thoughts were yeah so i I literally watched it the second we finished the podcast Mm. uh recording obviously the round table because i was very intrigued and i was just blown away by just how uh just how raw the action is and like the fight scenes and the stunts in that film there you know Anoop made a really good point where he said in the you know in the in the eighties action podcast that a lot of action films these days they'll give the appearance that a fight is going on or that, that it's a hard hitting moment and the you know the stunts but it's all camera work whereas you know this there were scenes where there'd be a wide angle shot where you see everything you see the action you see that you know where where uh, an actor's going to fall where they're going to land you see it all there's no camera tricks yep. 
and you know there's the opening scene where uh, you know there's a there's a fight in a shanty town and they're just they're driving through this shanty town and there's extras and stuntmen literally on the shanty buildings to the like the millisecond just before they explode and before the car hits them and you you know there's no it, it just it just looks so scarily real yeah and you know and then it turns into a you know a bit of a car chase and uh, there's a double decker bus <laughs> and I, I just couldn't believe you know the, these these three guys you know the bus stops suddenly and these three henchmen go flying through the front of the bus and these again these, off the top these, deck as well yeah off the top deck and these stuntmen they go straight from the top deck and you see them like burst through the glass and just land in the middle of the road no padding no nothing yeah, but no cut either there's no cut no, is there no it's not like it. Cut it's from me near there and then cut to be safely landing that's on what, the floor. That's what I mean. There's no clever. There's no. There's no clever camera work where it's like, oh, they they cut to the landing, but it would have been safer. And obviously they cut back. It's it's one whole wide angle shot, and you see everything. And it just it's just it adds to the intensity of the film and stuff. And then, um, I think I said to you know I I, I messaged you. and said it wasn't what I expected. I didn't realize it was a it was it's essentially a comedy, mm. um, but it is you know it's it is that that cheesy 80s action comedy as well and it was there was you know there was a lot of funny bits in it there's a lot of hijinks with you know him and his girlfriend and yep. the girl the girl he's protecting and like his bosses and all that but it was one of those things where there wasn't as much action as i thought there would be but when there was action my god yep. the action is that you know the final again you know i don't want to go into too much detail about it and give it away for anybody who wants to go and see it but the end fight in the mall is the most one of the most brutal, well put together choreographed fights I've ever seen. It's just yeah. any everything and anything that they can utilize as a weapon or as a um, a landing point or you know something to put their opponent through. It was just it was just a, a an absolute it's brawl. And it just, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It, you know, again, some of the stuff, some of the some of the uh, some of the stunts they do, and some of the you know the, the the, the physical acts they perform you just think how the hell do they walk away from it and that and just no. yeah it's just it's just another day you know just another day of work, another day there, work for Jackie Chan it's like yeah. shrugs it off it's it's absolutely amazing so yeah I was um, uh, blown away by that and then last night I watched Project A yes so yeah. yeah so I'm on a bit of a Jackie Jackie Chan kick at the minute so nice. um, but yeah I'll, um, I'll I'll save the I'll save the reviews for another episode. Nice. But, uh, oh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just really glad you enjoyed it. Um, it is just a great, fun film. That is one, it's one that makes you wince. I think watching oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, good. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. So the film that you asked me to watch that I finally pulled my finger out to watch. I can't believe you haven't seen this. I know. Uh, was Die Hard with a Vengeance. So I thought it was. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, good. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I um, yeah, I loved it. Um, I, again, I I did know the the basic like plot point yeah. in this of who the villain was and how it ties into Hans Gruber in the first film. Spoiler, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's a great buddy. I would say buddy cop, but Samuel Jackson isn't a cop. It's a great yeah. buddy film. Uh, they work so well together. I love oh, yeah. the kind of racial tension in it as well. Yeah. It's like you're doing it. You're asking me because I'm black, and and that sort of like 
bouncing off each other char- as yeah. character wise that they, they by the end they're kind of best mates and stuff um yeah it's great i love i like you said the new york setting really makes a difference um compared to the other diehard films prior to yeah. it is the setting seems to play a big part in those films as well i, I love you know re, like rewatching it recently you kind of forget that the the setting itself adds the tension because when you know when simon sets those tasks of you know you've got to get to the the payphone in you know wall street by 10 you know whatever the time is yeah you think okay whatever and it's like no it's new york traffic you literally yeah. you can't you can't just jump in a car and speed down whatever you know there's he has to pretend that what was he makes a fake uh, fake radio um call for an ambulance doesn't he and they they call, just they, to get they, the space through it. they quarterback behind the ambulance to get through and then obviously cut through the park but it's um yeah, yeah i, I, yeah, I, I really it enjoyed it it's um it's brutal in parts as well there's that scene i don't know if you remember i don't know what the woman's character is name oh, was the, it's like jeremy uh, irons yeah. is missus and she yeah. has like this curved knife and just cuts <laughs> yeah. this guy to shreds it's <laughs> like jesus i i know it's i know it's a bit harsh to say that guy kind of deserved it because he's just unloading rounds yeah. at nobody and it's like okay you, if you're scaring them off that's fine but you're just wasting ammo yeah. just panic just firing... shooting yeah exactly you know covering uh, bases and that but yeah i thought it was great i thought I initially i was thought the simon says like Thing on the phone was kind of lame yeah and it was like childish which like bruce willis or john mcclain is saying is childish but as the, as it more and more went through it i kind of liked the little riddles and was trying to figure yeah. them out at the same time um but yeah I, yeah it's great it's great i would Good. now totally say i would go as far as to say this is the second best one uh, oh, good, I yeah. really and I really enjoyed um, Die Hard Four as well. Yeah. So I would push this to the second. And I think that seems to be the popular opinion on the franchise anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, finally glad I've ticked through it. Uh, I don't know if I'll be bothered to watch the fifth one, but I'm I'm thinking I might I might just watch the fifth one and the last Rambo in one day and yeah. just just close those franchises I've, off. I've, I've seen the last Rambo. That was okay, but like I haven't seen the last Die Hard because. I don't know. It's up, yeah, it's a little bit, and it just—it's kind of up there with Crystal Skull. Was one of those films you probably kind of want to forget that it ever exists and just Definitely. let it let it end where it ended. But but there exactly. you go. Right now we've got those out of the way. Let's talk about the year of two thousand and six. So, looking through my Letterboxd uh, account. I apparently have seen 65 films released in wow, 2006. Okay. Uh, okay. Not necessarily in the year, but, you know, retrospectively, I've watched yeah, yeah. 65 in that uh, that were released in that year. Um, top five wise, which we'll come on to in a moment, is a tough one. Um, but there was a lot of crap I watched in this, in this yes. year because, oh, like, yes. like you said, this was the... the the moment that the time the age that we were going to cinema and literally just seeing as much as we could yeah. just because just for a bit of escapism really yeah and this was like peak when i started buying a lot of my dvds as well to start like when i first started buying um you know starting the dvd collection i used to have as well so this was kind of like the the peak of like you know you get paid and you buy a bundle of dvds that you may yeah. never watch or whatever just for the sake of it and stuff but just build up um, the but yeah, but say you know, saying that there was um, my top five. I had a lot of good good contenders and quite easy to be like, okay, they're in the top five. But it was quite hard 
rearranging like, arranging them as to what I would rank them as the top five. But um, right. but yeah. So let's go in quickly, get the negatives out of the way. Okay. Uh, I'll ask you first then. Films that are the worst or least favourite that were released this year in 2006. Okay, so uh, just going through, there was so there was there's, there's films I don't really care for. So I'm not going to say they're the worst or whatever. Right. So they're not. So I'm, I'm not going to include them. So uh, I worked out that I've seen 46 films that were released in 2006. So if I just go through ones that uh, that I not so, not 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 so much care about, but they you know I had a, a bit more invested interest in and a bit of a letdown. Um, Cars. Okay, not seen that. I've so this you know I, I kind of feel like that's the bit of the um, sort of the black sheep in the Pixar history. It's one of those things. I, I just I'm I it was it was good. It was a it was a decent enough film. It's just not one of those things where you walk away going love that. It's not like right. I don't know. It's a bit weird. It's um I think it's because things like Talking Cars has been done so many times before. Um, or that you know that kind of you know that talking, trope is, yeah, yeah yeah talking vehicles and stuff like that has been done so many times before I, I think it kind of it doesn't really have the magic of say like Toy Story and Bugs Life and stuff like that so for me that you know Cars um, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest uh, that oh, was the first uh, first sequel of um, Curse of the Black Pearl which was absolutely brilliant I love the first Pirates of the Caribbean film I just I think the sequels are just a bit, a bit hit and miss um with that um what else we've got here we've got uh the black da- the black dahlia yeah i put this in a low low one yeah. for me as well I remember I, it, I, just don't really remember it at all really i'll I tell you what it was i think we both watched it around about the same time when we got hooked on la noir <laughs> i think you're and, right and it was one of those things where it's like i need to look i need to watch more about like the actual murders and stuff like that and i remember watching this and being like Oh, okay, this is or this is okay, but it's not exactly what I thought it'd be. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know if it'd be a. I don't. Know, this is kind of a controversial one, but Rocky Balboa. That's not bad, though, is it? It's not bad. It's just it, I just didn't think it needed to be done. Right, fair. I, I think I think it was it was a nice, it was okay, but it, it didn't need to be done. And the fact it ended, did it end in a draw? No, he lost. He did. Okay. Yeah, it was, he did it was, lose. So uh, it's like a bookend to the first film. Mason Dixon, isn't it? I think that's the guy it. faces yeah. and stuff. But yeah, like it, that's a, and that's what I mean. It's not as memorable. It it, it kind of you know it, it, a bit of a swan song. Fair enough. But I just I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it was necessary for it. Um, X Men Last Stand. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you put this. Yeah. So that was that's a and that is one of those classic uh, comic book films that gives so much but delivers so little in the sense that, you know, the trailer, I remember them like revealing who was going to be in it. And it was, it was genuinely like the last stand. They're going to bring, you know, they're bringing back the characters you've got already, but they're going to introduce new ones. And it really is going to be this final battle. And it was like, Oh my God, here we go. And then some of these guys were literally on screen the same amount of time they were in the trailer. And it was such a letdown. It was, you know, and it was, yeah, it was just one of those classic things where it's like, we haven't got enough time to put everybody in this film. They're going to be on screen for about five seconds. That that should that's not be kind of thing. And it, and it was a bit. I, I always remember as well. The Vinnie Jones says, "I'm the juggernaut, bitch." Yeah. Just like the like the popular video that was going around yeah. at the time. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And it just uh, yeah, just um, yeah, not all that. Um, and then 
I'm trying to just have a look to see what else I've got on here. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I've got I've, I've got ones nice. across that, but I don't really care so much about that. But that, but yeah, those are those are ones that I um I would consider not. Yeah, not so great. So yeah. I I won't repeat the ones you've got, but I've got some real stinkers in mine. Um, I did have this, it, this is time. where you, this is where you name my top five <laughs> <laughs> all in order in it's descending funny. order. Um, <laughs> so I've got uh, one film I actually only recently watched okay. uh, for the first time: Christmas film, The Holiday. It's awful. <laughs> right, it's okay. Absolutely is that, awful. Is that is that the Cameron Diaz film? And yeah, you're in uh, it, aren't you? Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's referencing Jack Black for those. <laughs> or, or I should have just said Jude Law. I'll take that. Yeah, um, right, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. It's cringily bad. There is a scene where Kate Winslet plays air guitar in someone else's bed when she's just moved house, like changed house. Like, no one does this. Okay, um, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, it's yeah. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. Easily. And, um, the, perhaps the worst thing for me was my entry into that franchise and that's why I haven't watched yeah, most of those other films for the longest time that was a bit of a weird one because it was like that's when the Fast and Furious was at its most popular and then they just decided to have a completely weird spin-off that yeah yeah just a bit, bit of a weird um, ta- tangent to take the franchise in at that absolutely. point absolutely uh, Scary Movie 4 <laughs> I put this is when Scary Movie started to yeah. get shit because Scary Movie Three, I remember thinking was was yeah. good. Scary Movie One and Two, Scary Movie One and Two were were funny, definitely. Uh, and then Four was just like, yeah, not not worth yeah. the time. But my my worst film, or least favorite film of the year, See No Evil <laughs> with uh, Kane. Yeah, I've never I've never seen that either. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, he's he's fine, but you know, it's a shit horror film. Uh, has he? Has he? And this—I don't know if this is a joke or not. Has he got a massive cock? <laughs> Sorry, what in the film or just yeah. in general? No, in the film. I don't know. I think you've watched a different version. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> Do you know what? That, so there's like a running joke thing about it. I've seen online before, and I don't know whether or not it was like considered for it or put in the film or not. I don't know, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to look watch. into the IMDb trivia to confirm that now. <laughs> um, but it certainly, certainly wasn't <laughs> something that stood out to me. Maybe it was one of the. Maybe it was one of the. I've saw. I've seen it in an interview or something about uh, <laughs> about when they look at because it's is is it Glenn Goodnight is the character or something like that like something like that. Yeah, yeah. and they were like the character design or something like that. So I don't know if they. They they included it. Or not, I'm just but... glad you you raised that, mate. I think that's the first time someone's mentioned <laughs> cock on my podcast. Um, it won't be the last. Um, so yeah, so that's our least favourite. So let's go on to our top five. Um, as I did, I started last time. I thought if you're okay to start with your number five this time round. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so my number five for top films released in 2006 my number five is v for vendetta oh nice so this isn't in my list so but okay. i i do love it um okay. hit me with it so uh for those who don't know it's a adaptation of the graphic novel v for vendetta by alan moore alan moore famously absolutely hates the fact that his film uh, sorry his his work has been turned into films he's completely boycotted them and hates the fact that his 
in his words, his art is being bastardized by Hollywood, but makes really good films in some cases. So, you know, got, got to give and take on that. Um, but yeah, V for Vendetta. Uh, so Hugo Weaving, he plays the anarchist uh, freedom fighter. He's not, he's not really a superhero. He's, he's, you know, he is a, he is a, you know, uh, I said it, an anarchist fighting the rebellion against the, um, the, the government that has overtaken um the United Kingdom and it's um Natalie Portman plays uh, a young girl who works in the TV studio where ultimately all the broadcasting of the propaganda and all this stuff where you know the, the media center um she works there and she helps V as he's known uh, basically overthrow the um, the government who uh spoiler may actually have gotten into power by creating the very virus that they were trying to fight, so a bit of a yeah, bit of a bit of a weird topic to discuss at the moment and all, but um, but there you go. Oh. But yeah, but I I absolutely you know I absolutely love this. It's um, it's not your traditional it is you know it is considered I don't know if it, well, so I don't know if it is considered really a superhero film. It is a graphic novel after all, but um, you know, just an absolutely brilliant film. I love the fact they're set in England. Oddly enough, yeah, um, you know, it's a it's a dystopian film where. Or dystopian English, should I say, where um, you know, like I said, the the um, England has been hit by this horrible virus. Uh, millions of people died, and ultimately, this government that took over to you know to take place has basically put it into a you know almost like a I don't know, I suppose like a, a bit of a um, altered state, isn't it? It's mm. like a bit of a you know over the top nanny state kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's got really, uh, you know, really cool themes in it as well. Um, a lot of the things around about, you know, governments and their powers and how they can abuse them. And especially the whole thing around, you know, and I love, I love stuff like this when, it, um, especially when it, it wasn't so much modern day, I know it's uh, what 15 years now, but it's not at the time necessarily that it was or the extent it is now. Yeah. But when you look, when you look at the power of media and how mm. me media companies can, create stories and they can create you know they can create what they what they put on tv basically and you know if you are a consumer of everything they put out and you believe what they put out it's so easy to manipulate people to believe your your agendas if you it's like if, brainwashing you know, essentially isn't it yeah like, absolutely. you must like Ab this stuff yeah absolutely and, you know it explores a lot of those themes as well and how you know the right messages in the right you know the right frame of mind of the the, the way that um you know, the, the government and not just the government and you know people in the media in general can persuade you to believe certain points of uh, points of view and stuff like that so yeah just um yeah just a, a, a really really cool thing and um you know really <laughs> quite gruesome you know action scenes in it as well but um nice yeah overall pretty pretty good film and it's got stephen fry in it as well which is yes um, oh yes he is forget about yeah. that stephen fry plays almost like a sort of a um, satirical um like almost like a you know columnist uh, you know commentator mm. on on the um, the government as well but uh, i remember john yeah. hurt's quite good he's like the main yes. villain or one off yeah uh, he's great he's um, like the head head honcho of the new government as well that's all, it. All, you know all the cronies and all but um but yeah thoroughly thoroughly good enjoyable film and um yeah that was that was my top 5 of my 2006 films nice nice okay good choice so my number 5 Oh, these are tough. These are all juggling. I'm literally 
deciding my number five <laughs> right now. Uh, my number five is The Departed. Mm. Now, okay. I am a huge Martin Scorsese fan. Okay. I think this would have been the first film of his I saw at the cinema. I think I wasn't much interested in The Aviator, which I think was the film perhaps he released just before this one, 2004. Um, yes. But yeah, Departed is brilliant. Uh, gangster movies are, were very much the first genre of movies that I really loved and fell in love with and just watched as much as I could. So to have a Scorsese gangster film uh, come out at the time that you're now able to see it yourself at the cinema and not wait for it to be bought on DVD. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, obviously, it's got a stellar cast with mm-hmm. Matt Damon, uh, you know, DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Alec Baldwin, Mark Wahlberg, Ray Winston. Um, yeah, exactly. We, there's just such a great cast. Um, I can't remember if I have seen Infernal Affairs, which is what this is kind of based on and a remake of it's an Americanized version of that, that uh, story. Um, but this is definitely better. And this is always comes up in, like we've had a chats around remakes before. I'm sure we discussed that as part of that yeah. episode as well, where it's a prime example of a film that's better than its original. Um, obviously set in Boston and the Irish mafia. It's, it's just a great, great film. It's one of, it's up there as one of Scorsese's best um not his best gangster film i mean that's goodfellas so let's let's leave that <laughs> there um but it's it's great uh i always remember again this is a spoiler being really shocked by the scene where leo gets shot in the lift oh don't um, yeah that I, was... absolutely stunned so i could not believe you know that's I... one of those moments where it's like oh shit they've killed off the main star like yeah. leo's the guy who survives right um I think it's the fact that, like, because because of how much he goes through in that film, yeah, to finally get the man he's sacrificed so much for to get, and then be taken out, I think it's like it just, oh, it just adds to the whole like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, he finally, he finally, you know, finally succeeded. But... but then I guess you get that slight payoff that Matt Damon gets shot by Mark yeah. Wahlberg at the end, <laughs> which is great, and then the little like rat walks across the screen, which I thought yeah. was quite a nice touch. But yeah, departed. It's great. Um, they're all great, these these top five, but I had to put it somewhere. So, yeah, number five is The Departed. So what have you got that, for number four? Well, I'm, I must add, The Departed is my number three. Oh, OK. So let's talk quickly about your thoughts on, on So, well. yeah, you know, you covered it. You know, it, a brilliant. It's one of those films that has a massive, big cast and it works well rather than just being the selling point. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, the boss of settings call. I love the fact that you know Jack Nicholson is brilliant in this because he's mm-hmm. he's um, he he so you know we're gonna say, I'm probably gonna say here he he very much reminds me of himself as the Joker. Yeah. In that set in in that sense that he's a gangster, he's a crime lord, but he's not. Uh, he's not like he's not nar- Sorry, he's not nasty. He's almost psychotic, and he's quite playful with, with it as well in in quite a, in a in a scary way like he he enjoys what he does yes too which much. makes him yeah which makes him a bit of a psycho and a bit of a you know it makes you un, uneasy the fact that he enjoys and he has a good laugh torturing people and you know killing people and stuff like that it, it, you know he's, he's brilliant at playing that that part 
Um, but you know, there's there's so many twists in it, and there's so many different elements to it and stuff. It keeps you on the edge the whole time. Um, but yeah, I just think absolutely, absolutely brilliant film. I would. I, I always remember agree. the scene where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has a broken hand, and yeah. Ray Winston's like, "Huh," just checks it over, and they just yeah, beats the it, yeah. shit out of it, yeah. thinking there's a microphone inside. It's like even Ray Winston actually de- pulls off a decent, yeah. like Irish American accent. And there's, you know, there's quite a few tense moments in it as well that kind of, you know, you think, oh my god, he's about, he's about to get, you know, found out as well. And there's just, um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it keeps you on the edge the whole time. It, you know, thorough, thoroughly enjoyable film, and um, yeah, stellar cast, absolutely lovely Leo, and uh, this is one of his best, definitely. So yeah, and and a great soundtrack as well. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, no, nice one. So. Okay, so we kind of jumped around, but that. So, what's your next one as number four? So, my number four is Shane Meadows. This is England. Nice. So, guess what? This is my number three. Is it? Oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you go first. So, yeah. So, this is England, uh, set in 1983. Um, it's about a young boy, um, Sean, who is on his summer holidays. Uh, you know, broken up from school for the summer holidays. And he, you know, bit of a loner, he doesn't have many friends and he gets taken under the wing by a group of skinheads um, who live in his neighborhood and stuff. And, you know, they, they sort of, you know, initiate him into the gang and you know, he's, he's got these really good influences that, you know, they're, they're, they're nice skinheads, <laughs> you know, they're quite, they're quite, a de- <laughs> they're quite a decent gang of people and stuff like that. And they look after him and um, yeah, like I said, they initiate him into the gang Um but it all takes, you know, quite a dark turn when um, some of, you know, for a, a former friend of one of the gang comes out of prison. Um, he's also a skinhead, but they, there's the whole, um, you know, the skinhead culture back in the eighties. There were different influences and different, uh, almost like yeah. sub, almost like subcultures, weren't they? That you know, that what it meant. Um, it's almost like one's a one's a lifestyle and one's just a fashion statement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know these you know, the, the gang that, or, you know, the group he originally joins, it's more of a fashion thing, but this, you know, this, uh, this white supremacist pretty much, you know, the, the national front, um, uh, you know, gang member or, you know, group member that comes back into the, uh, in, you know, into the group, uh, almost takes a shine to Sean as well. And I think again, Sean, um, he doesn't have a father. His father died in the Falkland war, you know, Falkland, or that uh, they explain in the film. So he kind of sees him as a bit of a father figure. And again, he, you know, he gets, he doesn't really fully understand what's going on. He gets swept into the whole thing. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it starts off quite a nice film and it takes a very, you know, dark, but very serious, you know, tone as well. And it's just one of those things where, um, I don't know, it explores a lot about kind of, you know, as I said, the subcultures and obviously, you know, what was, what was going on at the time in the early eighties and, you know, that whole, the, the different cultures and different um, styles yeah. at the time, um, but yeah, it's just you know it's it is one of that that whole thing of you know you, you do you, you we all we all had that influence as a kid. We always had someone as a kid that you look up to, and you know you want to be. We always wanted to be you know part of something bigger and stuff like that. And I think it's one of those things where you you kind of look back and you you may have lost your you know sense of right and wrong because you were you know not brainwashed so much, but you're always in, influenced by a by a, you know an older person or yeah. a family member or friend or whatever it might be and um yeah it's just it's just a, it's it's a nice film but it's got some really hot you know heart-wrenching messages behind it as well and some horrible horrible scenes as well it is a tough watch in parts almost oh, yeah. um 
yeah, almost too much. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's brought back uh, Shane Meadows, who I'm a massive fan of. Uh, he's brought back sort of British cinema as well. Mm. When I think of British cinema, I think of gritty, realistic things like this and like the works of Ken Loach and stuff like that. Yeah. That are very, very close to home. Like it almost feels like a documentary in parts that's that realistic. The film, um, the film before he, before this, Dead Man's <laughs> Shoes, with oh, with, oh, just absolutely brilliant, brilliant film with, uh, you know, we're ruining it, but just massive twist and just didn't see it coming. And just a, again, just an honest, brutal, not glitzy, glamoury Hollywood and, film. And possibly it's... the most aggressive C-bomb dropped in any film <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, even watching it, I'm terrified that he's going to come and yeah. kill me. And it's, it, you know, and the best comeback to what are you looking at? You know, just ever, just yeah, absolutely just, brilliant. Just, anyone just if you haven't seen that, just YouTube that. Yeah, Dead Man's then, Shoes, what are you looking at? Yeah. On YouTube. Sure, someone's made a clip of that yeah. because that is just oh, gold. It is um, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, This Is England is, yeah, is along that strain of being really gritty. Um, and obviously led on to the This Is England TV series yes. that they did three seasons of, I think, over the years, um, which, yeah, you, you kind of, for me, if you watch this film, you kind of got to watch the series as well, just if only just to see where the character arcs go to, mm. because we kind of just dip in and out of their story or their life, don't we? We don't, it doesn't sort of necessarily carry on. It, it, it's time is progressing, albeit that it's in the 80s. And they're adapting and, as you know, that time as well. And it's going into the 90s. Yeah, it's just adapt, adapting to that. You know, the changes in culture, the music, the soundtrack is just fantastic. And just seeing those characters change through the various um, things that happen. I won't go into too much detail in case people want to watch it that, mm. that somehow haven't yet. But um, yeah, This Is England is, is fantastic and... Um, I'm always intrigued to watch whatever Shane Meadows puts together. He did The Virtues, which I think was was last year as well, which again is along that strain of Stephen Graham as well, the main character in... Yeah, um, one of the main characters in This Is England is in The Virtues as well. And it's just... It is a tough watch. You kind of have to prepare I to think, watch them. I think that because there's so many familiar surroundings, I think that's what makes it tougher because you can... You can you can picture yourself being in that setting. You can picture yourself being in that um, in that scenario because you know, like I said, the, the settings and the the themes are so um, so familiar that it that it does hit home a bit more. Knowing that yeah. you know this is set well, obviously it's, it's set in England, but it's set in you know it's not set in like a you know we, I remember this is the whole you know thing I did back in media studies at school. A, this is a British film. It's not one of these films that's filmed in London that has shots of Big Ben and London Bridge. Yeah. You know, it, this is a proper British film that has, you know, it's it, it shows the nitty gritty real life of, you know, your your English towns and all. So yeah, definitely much more closer to home rather than the the films we other you know American films we've watched based in New York yeah. and LA that seem yeah you know a world away basically. Absolutely. So, yeah. so that was your number four, and let me, <laughs> I'm confused now. So that was your number four and my number three. <laughs> We've also had your number three. So you let's just go through it again. Four. So my number four was... Is it my number four now? Yeah, so it's your number <laughs> four now. Right. So, okay. So, <laughs> right. Here we go. Right. So my number four, well, no doubt in your list, 
is the Prestige. Mm. Now, um, this I bumped higher than Departed. I think before we did our uh, Nolan series of epi- uh, episode, uh, it would have been lower on this list, maybe not in the top five, but because it's still relatively fresh in my mind, re-watching it for the Nolan episode, I still absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I think it's one of his underrated Nolan films as well. I, I think... Did, I forgot that this came out in 2006. For some reason, I thought it was the year before, but that was Batman Begins. So, That's but, it. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's great. Um, it's, you know, it's got a great cast again. Um, we've got Chris, uh, Christian Bale, uh, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, Scarlett Johansson, David With the Bowie. Worst. With the worst British accent, by the way. <laughs> Definitely one of the worst accents. Um, but yeah, it's this mysterious story of two magicians who have this like really intense rivalry and like it's like a lifelong obsession to like outdo each other. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's just how they one up each other throughout the film. Um, and obviously it just gets more and more serious um, as the film progresses. It's just a very tight intelligent film and the twist again which i won't spoil in case someone hasn't seen it is one of the best twists and even it's one of those films again that on the second viewing i already knew the twist um i noticed things that uh, you can appreciate yeah. more the second time round. you know at the start of the film that by you, you now know that twist you've got that in your head so you're seeing things it's almost a different film on that second it's what it's one of those films you get rewarded every time you rewatch it because you, like you said, you'll discover something new or you'll understand new or you'll spot something yeah. new that makes you appreciate the film that bit more. Totally. On a rewatch, and, then, and you but, you uh, almost come away with more questions than answers, but not in a good way. Or, or certainly you theorizing things that the the, the film hasn't spoon fed you of to what's actually happened and how things may have panned mm. out, uh, especially with the Hugh Jackman character again, which I won't go into, but. Um, yeah, I it's it's really underrated. I mean, Nolan has a lot of great films under his belt, Tenet not included. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is one that needs to get sh- shouted up about a bit more if people have like skimmed over it. This is that sort of you know, this is where I kind of want Nolan to go back to, and I think we've said this before in the Nolan episode. This is what I want Nolan to go back to, where it's a good story. It's got its complexities, but not to the point where you go, right, I'm going to go home and I need to Google this, I need to Google this, and I need to Google this, because I have no idea what this thing is or what this thing is. Keep it entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't keep it entertaining, then you just lose interest. Like, you know, if we had a quid for every time we've slagged Tenet off on this podcast so far, (laughs) we'd retire. But, you know, this is is my number two. Right, let's Um, go. And yeah, and I just, I, you know, we we talked about it, we've talked about it in length before on the, on the Nolan episode, but this is just, it's, it's Batman versus Wolverine with Alfred, you know, uh, and got and Gollum and David Bowie and it's and Black Widow, and it's just, yeah, it's just such a brilliant film, and it's again, like I said, it's 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 got its complexities, but not scientific theorems and you know, time shifting and all that stuff. It's just, yeah. it's you know. It's like the what is it? The opening line. It's um, are are you watching carefully? You know, yes. it's that, and it, it does. It you know, it is that thing. Is that you know, 
it does catch you and that's the thing i love about it as well now you've mentioned it it says that are you watching carefully and by the end you've forgotten that and actually some some of the things are really obvious in plain sight yeah and you're just not paying attention like a magic trick so the whole film is almost like a magic trick which is the whole thing nolan's gone for it's misdirection which is the key to you know magicians tricks misdirection and you know it just there's so much of it in that film it, you, you know just um yeah absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant film and it's what i think we talked about this as well on the other episode but it was uh it that was one of those classic things where like two studios bring out almost the same film because there's a film the illusionist with edward norton yes but i've not seen that but i, I don't know if, i don't know if that's any good or not but um, i know that was like one of those things where it's like Ah, oh, this studio is making a film about a magician it's like oh we will do, do the, the same, same. <laughs> like yeah yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that was my number four and your number two. So <laughs> this is getting all a bit confusing now. So, so your number three to clarify was The Departed. Yeah. Correct? So now we yeah. So let's we do your number three. That. So my number three was This Is England. So okay. we've already talked about that. And your number two was The Prestige, which you've yes. already talked about. And I have a feeling my number two is your number one. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay. Well, this is if an it, assumption. If, my, if your number two is my number one, I will be shocked. I will be shocked. Well, I think you get prepared to be shocked. Um, okay. Because my number two is Casino Royale. Fuck me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Oh, my God. I have. No, I literally have no idea what number one is then. Okay. Oh, my God. Ooh, wow. Hold, wow. Hold your horses. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so Casino Royale. Is it going to be cars? <laughs> <laughs> it's Casino Evil. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Casino Royale. Well, where do we start? Um, rebooted the whole the, franchise. The, the perfect reboot. Yes, I totally agree, and we we covered this as part of our reboot episode as well as a textbook example, as you just said, of how to do a reboot take the fact of where the previous film of Die Another Day just got absolutely ridiculous to the point of a joke, um, leave it, give it some time, and then come back with a hard-hitting punch like Casino Royale. Um, I, can't, I can't wait, by the way, on a side note, I can't wait for you and your mate to watch Die Another Day. I can't wait for that <laughs> review episode. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to actually seeing... You know, I might come back and go, yeah, it's not that bad. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I am looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, talk about a complete different film to Die Another Day. This is just much more hard hitting, much more gritty. Um, I mean, this was massively inspired. I think we said again in the reboot episode of the Bourne, the Bourne films being so popular just prior to this um, was kind of the reason to say, okay, so people are liking this you know, fast paced, um, no, no shit, no one liners, uh, action film. Let's do the same with, with James Bond. And that's paid off because, you know, this was massive, massively successful. Daniel Craig is still James Bond, although we're still waiting for no time to die to actually come out. Which um, is ironic. Cause it turns out there is loads of time to die because they keep, <laughs> I didn't realize that that was supposed to come out in November, 2019. So it's been delayed now. It will be so technically it'll be delayed two years. Yeah, that's just mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still obviously looking forward to that. But I think Daniel Craig, 
again, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were talking around this time about, you know, oh, Daniel Craig's a new Bond. He says yeah. blonde hair. He can't yeah. do that. But now that just seems absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It just seems ridiculous to say that now because he's yeah. massively solidified himself and put his own stamp on the same character as James Bond that other actors have done, which I, th- I can massively respect now. Um, I it was it's such a it's you know we've talked about this before but it's such a um it's quite a bold bond film because it you know they did reboot it and other than us other than you know they gradually did it as the time went on you know into spectre and skyfall and um uh, quantum. quantum of solace but they you know they only had very small elements of bond in this film you know there wasn't any Q. There wasn't any Q branch. Um, there's still M. There's still like MI6, yep. but there's no, um, you know, there's no, there's not, there's no gadgets. There's no, or, you know, if there is gadgets, they're not the kind of cheesy, you know, bondage yep. gadgets that you it's normally really have. really stripped down. Yeah, it really is. And it, it really does go back to that really, you know, the whole point is it goes back to the early Bond days when he's just become a double O agent. And it really does strip it down to its bare things of, you know, that, that starting from this, you know, from the beginning and rebooting the whole thing. Because I think if they had done, if they had done things like Q and the old gag stuff like that, it would have felt like okay, this is exactly the same as what we've seen before. Like it, it, it you know, yeah, I think it's the same I think, again. I think not having those comforts and not having those cliche things that make a Bond film a Bond film helps it in a way because it does settle in that yes, this is definitely a new approach to it. This is a de- you know a new a new fresh start to it. You will get to those things eventually, but right now mm. we're just you it's know, a hard it it's back. a hard reset, and it yeah. needed it because it was just getting. If you could put these Stale. back to back to die another day, they're just they're almost completely different franchises actually, in the way they look, the way they the set pieces are done, um, is much more based in realism than the die another day. You know yeah. where he's surfing on a on a wave with a parachute, I think, or you've, something you've, in the die another day. You've got, you've got a man with diamond encrusted face. Yeah. And a hotel made of ice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was getting too much, but yeah, I am looking forward to getting into that more detail on that episode, but yeah. Uh, back to Casino Royale. Yeah. It's just, it's just a great. And it's, I think it's quite a smart move to go back to a film that had been done previously as a James Bond film or not be it by, you know, um, I think it was a Peter Sellers one. So it was early in the, not official James Bond, like we think Mm. of Sean Connery, but, you know, around that time, it's a film that Bond is, you know, Casino Royale is a a book and and a film that's been done before. But to kind of use that, but a modernised version of that rough plot. I think the original book was 1953, I think it was. Yeah, so kind of getting the basic plot, but modernising it and using that as the, the launch pad to put Bond back in the public eye again yeah. just really paid off and even you know even to the degree of the the villain Le Chief, you know it's he's not this over-the-top character he's he is a modern villain he is an accountant for terrorism and stuff like that and he's you know he's he doesn't have plans of world domination instead he's he's going to help fund those people who are going to create terror he's you know it's 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 quite a cool bond. It's quite a, you know, it's like you said, it's very much in that, that's kind of Jason Bourne sort of element of where it's an, yeah. almost like an SP, it's almost like an espionage cool action film, as opposed to being that kind of cheesy, um, 
you know, a stale star that was going down for so long with the, the other films yeah. and all. But um, there's a yeah. bit more of suspense. Like there's a scene where he's trying to, um, he's, he's been poisoned, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's trying to, he goes to the car, his in the car. restart his heart. It. I can't think of the word, but um, the resuscitate. Yeah, defibrillator. That's the one. Yeah. He's trying to get that ready and it doesn't work. And like, it's really yeah. tense. And you just don't know where it's going to go, um, which I certainly haven't felt for, you know, it's always been that James Bond is invincible. He can't be made yeah. to look weak. And it was, and it, you know, it brought out a new side of Bond as well, that he's not always this, always this calm, cool character because um, the scene in which um, he loses all the, you know, you know, when when he loses all the money to Le Chief in the first, you know, the first round of the, or you know, not the first round, but one of the final rounds um, of the tournament, he kind of goes right. Sod this. I'm just gonna. He like grabs a knife off of one of the tables, doesn't he? He, he plans mm. to literally just just kidnapping the sheep, chucking him a car, and and you know obviously um, Felix, you know the CIA agent catches him and say, look, we'll we'll fund you to keep playing and all. But it's that whole thing of even when they get to the hotel and um, he says, oh, um, my name is James Bond, but you'll have me under whatever. It's like look. They know they know that I'm here. There's no point playing this silly spy game stuff like that. Let's just let's just be real. Let's just and it's again it's it's calling out that whole those whole silly troops and stuff like that that used to be part of the the spy genre stuff like that of like code names and secret secret aliases. Like no, this is like yeah. a, a real hard hitting, real life you know action espionage film. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I knew this would be in both of our lists and relatively high as well so yeah it's just yeah like we said is the is the go-to film to point at the show at someone and say this is how you do a reboot basically yeah uh cool so that was my number two and was your number one yeah so now this is your okay. number one which i literally <laughs> right i think i know what it is and if, on, it then, is guess. What it, if it is what it is i haven't i've never seen it so i i, I mean it's definitely what, what you think what do you think it is is it directed by Guillermo del Toro? It's Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. Uh, yeah. Never, never seen it. Never so this seen is it. your this is your recommend film to watch. This, because will, this will be okay. This will be the film I watch. Pan's Labyrinth is fantastic. It is. It sounds lame to say it, but it is possibly the best way to say it. I think you've probably seen some other del Toro yeah. films now. Yeah. Since then, um, but this seems to be the one I would recommend put, to people put, put him on the map. Yeah. I think you put him on the map and I would recommend to people to, you know, this is peak Del Toro for me, at least um, it's essentially an adult fairy tale. And what I mean by that is it's got fairy tale elements. And I think if you have seen some of his films, you can see what, where I'm going with that, that he has this kind of running theme of fairy tales, but they're very adult oh, in the sense that they're quite, brutal or they're quite it's not for kids to watch even though it's there's fairy tale elements i wouldn't recommend kids watch this film it's all in spanish isn't it because it's set is it set in spain during uh the civil war yes uh yeah, yeah. so yeah that's that's kind of the crux of it and there's we follow ophelia which is this 10 year old girl who basically falls uh, finds this labyrinth that's been um guarded by a fawn who's like who basically saying that you needed to go on these three tasks um, to help her get out on and return to her father um, and it's just terrifying um, I won't go into it because you haven't seen it yeah um, but 
and I, you may have seen certain scenes or the trailer perhaps for for this I've seen film. A, I've seen a lot of the imagery, and it's one again. It's one of those films that's been on my list for donkey's years. Yeah, and just it just never been one of those things. Like, I'm going to watch Pan's Labyrinth today, so I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch it today. yeah. Honestly, that's the, probably the best work of it. Is it's a fairy tale film for adults in okay. the sense that. It's so some scenes are so brutal and terrifying that I would not recommend kids to watch it. <laughs> um, I think it has it's on the backdrop of World War Two, if I remember. Okay. So you know, and, and things that come with that as well, which I'm being purposely vague on. Um, I mean, it has been a very long time since I've seen this, but is always held very high regard for me. And like like I said, is the first film that got me into Del Toro. Um, I hadn't seen, I think Hellboy was out before this, but I hadn't seen it by this point. Uh, and I hadn't seen Blade 2 either. Yeah. Um, but I would say, yeah, this is this is, this is is an auteur as well that has their own personal stamp on it that you can really recognise and has that almost um, gothic element in some other films like Crimson Peak that he's yeah. worked on. A lot of the macabre sort of stuff, the fantasy stuff. Yeah, and he's done some other great films as well, which um, I'll quickly throw in and recommend. The Devil's Backbone as well. It's this really um, terrifying ghost story as well that is almost... I think a running theme in his films as well is that they're often either kids or childlike main characters that he kind of follows, like Pan's Labyrinth and Devil's Backbone. and um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, I really recommend you watch it. I, I try not to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but it's definitely worth your time. Did you ever play PT? Uh, yes, I did, yes. So he no, directed... no, no, I didn't, but I have I have uh, seen it, yeah. Yeah, so for those who don't know, PT, playable trailer, um, Del Toro was directing the what was going to be the new silent hill game which was back in 2013 2014 right. and they and they brought out a it was it was a it was a demo it was a basically a demo of what the game is going to be like and i, I shit you not it was one of this is this wasn't even the full game it was just a demo of what to expect it was one of the most terrifying things i've ever played and sadly uh del toro in the studio fell out he got release from it and they never they never they never followed it up they never made it yeah. which is really sad because if they had made that full game anything like just a teaser of what that demo was like it would have been absolutely terrifying totally. so if you, you go on youtube the the play like the walkthrough like the what you call oh, it? yes yeah it is horrible it, it is horrible, horrible. even it, just watching yeah. it as like a a secondary yeah. viewer uh, to someone playing it is still terrifying it, and i would say what, there are some moments in this that are just as terrifying as well oh, in some of the tasks to... some of the tasks that she has to do particularly are particularly in a scene that has a huh, i went i'm trying not to spoil it there's like a basically a long table of food um, okay once you get to that scene get, okay. you, get some spare boxes ready okay. um, but yeah <laughs> pan's labyrinth is hands down um, don't get me wrong, Casino Royale is not that far yeah, behind. Yeah. It is a tough one, but for what Pan's Labyrinth, uh, you know, brings, I, to the I, I not see, brings to the table and hadn't seen anything like it and haven't really since that, um, it needs to get talked about and, and seen by as many people. It, it sounds like one of those films that's left an impression on you, which I think is sometimes the best kind of films that totally. you 
that that you know I know we're we're both massive Bond fans, but I know you I know when a when a film really makes you feel something and really leaves an impression, regardless of your love of a franchise or a character or whatever, sometimes uh, you know a film that really leaves something a mark on you can just outdo it. Hundred so. percent. That that's pretty much how I've stacked it. I get like you said. Um, as much as I love the Bond franchise, this is a film on its own um, has much more of an impact than 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 other franchises, perhaps. But yeah, that's that, my number one. That will be the film that I watch this week. Then that'll nice. be the recommendation I watch next. Nice. Okay, so that takes us nicely on to our honourable mentions. Now, I've got quite a few, so I won't. I'll rattle through mine. But if you want to go first with whichever ones didn't quite make your your top five list. Yeah, so I won't go into too much detail about these, but uh, same as well. But so first honourable mention is, of course, Nacho Libre. <laughs> uh, me- you know, luchador, Mexican wrestling comedy starring Jack Black, which is very enjoyable. Um, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Will Ferrell. Uh, <gasps> as the NASCAR still, racer. One of the funniest bits is when he thinks he's on fire. It still makes me <laughs> <Yeah>. laugh. <laughs> I, love, I love the bit when he, he says, I can't walk. And they're like, why? Like you can walk. He's like, no, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna race again. I can't use my legs. And he's, they're like, you, you, it's all in your mind. You can walk. He's like, no, I can't. Look, and he stabs himself in the like <laughs> leg with a fork. He's like, oh my gosh, like, like so, but so dumb, but so good. Um, snakes on a plane, just because of how dumb it is, just, well, just. Uh, I think I've got my recommendation. <laughs> I've not seen snakes on a plane. <laughs> Fair enough, but hang on. There is better recommendations. Actually. Okay. I've, I, there is there is one uh, I think you should watch. But um, little Mus- little Miss Sunshine. I've put this in here as well. What a yeah. great film! That is a great film. That is that again. That's that's quite a sad but sweet story as well. I that's think it's got, got one know. of the best endings as well, where the family yeah. just gets on stage and it's like "fuck you" to the peasantry yeah. Yeah. and just does what they like. Love that. Um, also, I had uh, Borat. Yes, me Can't too. Be a bit Borat. Uh, Night of the Museum. I like I love, I love the Night of the Museum yep. films. Uh, the Last King of Scotland. Great film. Yeah, that's an absolutely brilliant film. Uh, adulthood. Ah, oh, so I've not seen that. No, I've not that's, seen that. Adulthood. That's pr- that's pretty decent. Uh, the Foot Fist Way, which is a it's a karate <laughs> mockumentary starring Danny McBride, which is quite funny. Um, and uh, Little Children. Have you ever seen that with Kate Winslet and... No, no, I've not seen that. Kate Winslet, Patrick Wilson, uh, they're uh, married... uh, Well, they're not a married couple. They are married people that start having an affair uh, based on... They meet out of their children's nursery and stuff like that. It's it's quite a a decent, you know, quite a... um, It's quite a dark film, but quite a... uh, It it is a good watch. I I, I won't spoil it too much, but it is is a pretty decent film. Um, my last honourable mention, I think this is something you should watch if you haven't seen it. It's a film called Idiocracy. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Interesting. So Idiocracy. So it is a comedy, but it's uh, Luke Wilson plays a soldier who uh, volunteers to be part of a cryogenic fr- like freezing um, experiment. And they forget about it and they shut down the experiment and he wakes up in the year 3000. Okay. And... Basically, everybody's thick as shit. Like, it is literally a case of, and they explained that people that wanted to have careers and, you know, they focus too much on their careers and not having children 
they eventually died out and those who you know just wanted to fuck around and you know whatever had all, yeah. had all the kids and then over generations they become stupid but it's just it's it's so funny and it, it's it's such a um i think you'll love the fact that like uh he goes to the cinema to see the the film that won all the oscars that year and it's just a farting ass on the screen for two hours and like the narrator explains it is like it won the best like the best film best director and best adapted screenplay it's like it's just it's it's yeah it's one of it is a it is a funny film and that that is that is the recommendation i would watch just as a kind of an easy watch but um it's quite a funny watch as well nice okay yeah good good list i had a few on there as well uh, that were on mine which i'll skip over um but yeah i've got quite a few so i'm going to rattle through or certainly yeah. ones not necessarily recommendations but ones that stood out to me for one reason or another um pursuit of happiness is, oh never seen that yeah is, is another great film and a great film from will smith as well mm. uh, which is definitely worth uh checking out united 93 have you okay. ever seen that no so it's about the the plane that went into the Twin Towers, isn't it? No, so it's the, there's, there's four planes that were hijacked and they never knew what happened to the fourth plane and or that's that's essentially what the, the uh, plot okay. or the tagline okay. of this is. And this is the dramatised version of what may have happened okay. on, on the plane. It's directed by um, Paul Greengrass at the style of the Bourne films. So, uh, you, okay. he's, you know, he's kind of got that realistic way of filming yeah. um, that works quite well for that, that okay. film. Uh, the Host... Which is um, okay. Bong, Joon, Bong Joon Ho, uh, who's obviously famous now for Parasite. Prestige. Parasite. I'm talking about Prestige. <laughs> you just love the film Prestige. Yeah, I know. Um, I've got it in my mind now. But, uh, best, uh, uh, best known for Parasite. It's it's a monster movie, um, and as you well know, I love a monster movie. So yes. that's a great one. Children of Men. I've seen that. And Cl- and it's Clive Owen. That's it. Um, yeah. And it's been a very very long time since I've seen that film, so I haven't. I didn't put it in my top five because I feel like I'd be cheating and I'd be trying to remember how how good that was. So I've put that on my other list of ones to rewatch to see potentially if I would change mm. the list around. But I remember <laughs> really 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 enjoying that. Um, there's a few. There's a couple of anime films which I'll quickly go through. Uh, Paprika, which is really good, which is actually I think I mentioned as well on our Nolan episode for as an inspiration yeah. for Inception. Inception, yes, yeah, I remember yeah. saying, yeah, I thought it was stuff. It's all dreams within a dreams, and how dreams can be. You know, people are trying to get into dreams to get various mm. information and stuff. So that is a big inspiration, and a, a shout out to Anoop as well because his favourite film on our anime episode was the girl who leapt through time, which is also released in this year, uh, okay. which is another great sort of time traveling anime film as well, which is I'd recommend um, skimming through some others. There's a few as well that kind of stand out for different reasons. Um, so I remember seeing the Omen remake in, okay. on the 6th of June, 2006 at 6 PM in screen six. Oh, okay. I mean, how fucking six six six? Yeah, that's... just a bit strange. So I'll never forget that. Um, I've still got this ticket somewhere, so I might be cursed. Um, but <laughs> um, it's okay. The film itself is okay. The original is better. Uh, but I'll always remember that. Remember seeing it on the June the sixth. I was like six six six. You know, when you get used yeah. to get those those uh, stubs, yeah. you see the date, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> um, big nothing. 
Have you ever seen Big Nothing? Right, that is on my list, but I crossed that out as one as like a not to mention kind of thing. Like not not really. It's the um, uh, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Um, Simon yeah. Pegg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I kind of remember thinking it was it was fine, but I remember yeah. thinking it was better than than I thought it would there's a, be. There's a lot there's a lot of twists and turns in it, isn't there? That's, yeah. That's yeah. It was yeah. It was it was literally what it is. It's a big nothing. It was like yeah, it was, it was good enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, when you said about Borat as well, I remember I saw two films in the same day. The first was Borat, and then the second <laughs> straight after was Saw Three. Nice. So talk okay. about polar opposites yeah. on the same day. Uh, a, another shout out, Apocalypto. Have okay. you seen that? Have you seen Apocalypto? Uh, no, that's the Mel Gibson. Add that to your list as well, mate. Okay. It's actually, I would say. I don't think Mel Gibson's directed that many films, but it's I yeah, for me it's his best film. Okay. I, just because the the topic it's covering isn't really in the limelight in cinema, um, and it's very epic as well. But um, Apocalypto is brilliant, definitely worth okay. definitely worth watching. Um, and I've I've left two uh, considering on the last episode I've done my really obscure, let's in brackets fucked up movie. I know um, what it's going to be. Well, uh, you might know one of them. Yeah. So let's. Uh, what do you think the first one is first? Inland Empire. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Um, I'm pretty sure, if I remember this right, I think There's I. It's been a fucking this. murder. <laughs> yeah, I think I lent you this film. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I just not even going to explain it. Just, I just, just watch I, it. I did enjoy it. To be fair, I, I, I should have put it in my honourable mentions. I, I shouldn't have unfairly crossed it out but it was yeah it was it was fucking weird but it was good it's one of those films isn't it you you know it's a david lynch film so you know what you're in for but you're still surprised of, of as to it, where it goes yeah and um, it just even and it's one of those films when oh sorry one of those films where even when you think things are normal right now or things are this is you know the scene that's happening right now is you know it it's nothing it quickly turns into something like oh shit that was that wasn't real. That wasn't like it's just yeah. It just it fucks with your mind the entire time. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if you remember the end scene as well, which I won't say, but it was one of those rooms th- things. It's like I've rewound it and paused it, saying, just looking at the screen, go, what the fuck? What is that? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite a long film, but I think the less you know about it, the better, and just go in blind because. I, I think you're going to be in for in for a real surprise. Um, oh, yeah. The other the other messed up film that I've put, uh, which is classic Jack film, uh, is called Thirteen Games of Death. <laughs> hey. Okay. Uh, basically, is this guy Kid. gone? Kids film. Yes, one well, family friendly. Um, <laughs> basically, it's this Disney yeah, this this guy has lost his job. He's in serious debt. And then gets a mysterious phone call that basically says, if you do these 13 tasks, um, you'll eventually get a million uh, baht, I think it is, because I think it's set in Thailand. Okay. Um, not, not, not up on my currencies, so that might be wrong. Um, so essentially how it starts off, where it would be like a really minor thing. It would be like st- steal someone's mobile phone. If you do that, we'll give you 100 quid or the equivalent. And then it's... The, you know, it gets up, gets up in scale and it'll be like, right, now kill a dog um, and we'll give you a thousand pounds. And he's like so in debt that he's like, it's a moral judgment of like, 
do I basically sacrifice all my morals and stay in debt for the rest of my life? Or do I do these immoral things to get a quick buck? Um, but he it's, then kind of gets addicted to that whole feeling and yeah. goes through those 13 tasks that just get gradually worse and worse. This, this sounds like the way ITV is going to go with who wants to be a millionaire when they start losing viewers. Just This is also what the Hunger Games should have been like. Yeah. Oh, that's grim. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and as you can imagine, it just gets worse and worse and bloodier and grim. And yeah, some of the stuff he actually decides to do but it's one of those things it's like you know the classic thing you say you were mates uh how much would you you know what would you do would you do this yeah, for you 100 do quid situation? yeah do you know what i mean and it, it kind yeah. of pushes that to its nth degree um and it, you know by no means is it a masterpiece but if if you're in for something a bit a obscure and uh a bit brutal then then feel free to watch it um very very last shout out from me silent hill I love okay. Silent Hill. As video game okay. films go, Silent Hill is pretty good. Um, okay. Uh, and yeah, that is pretty much my the ones I'm going to mention is quite a good. I think all round is a mixed bag of a year. Um, there's, there's one that we didn't mention, but I don't know if it was on your list. But it's, I don't I don't remember it so much. Blood Diamond. Yes, it is on my list. I just don't remember it being yeah, neither I, great I, or bad. Kind yeah, of in the I, I remember, I think, again, that was like at the point when it was like, uh, I think it was just in a bundle of DVDs I watched it or bought it. It was like, right, you know, I need to watch it. And I remember enjoying it, but it's one of those films where I don't I don't remember a lot, a lot about it to be able to go, oh, God, I love that film. Like, it is a good film from what I remember. I just don't remember it being like, epically blow me away kind of thing especially it's a leo film as well i love leonardo dicaprio and his you know in his roles and stuff like that but just i just never took anything away from it other than leonardo's south african accent oh which is which, which i couldn't take awful. seriously yeah. i couldn't take seriously so maybe that's overshadowed by the yeah, actual maybe. film itself um but yeah i'm looking through it and i, I get a, a massive sense of nostalgia just looking through them because like majority of these i would have seen like you said at the start, at the cinema or bought the DVD out yeah. after release. So there's a lot of films in here where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember going to see that and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's a relatively decent year. OK, so winding down, then I'm going to do our random number generator for the next year. We're okay. going to cover in our episodes. So the next year we're going to cover in the next episode oh god is 1995 oh okay oh no yes oh no <laughs> yes this oh, is a no it's this over 94 95 in fact maybe both i think i think it's 95 i think it's not i think it's 95 yeah. i think we've done this but i think we've done this before because i think we were looking at something before and it was 95, and I can't remember what it was, but I think... Oh, well, okay. I already know what my number one is, um, <laughs> which, I won't, which I won't obviously share, but okay. um, I'm going to have to go away and, and dig out yeah. what is in 1995. But I think oh, that is going to be a, another tough one. Oh, I'm looking forward to that then. Recommendations for our to, to take away. So I've got Idiocracy to watch. Yep. Um, by, as recommended by you, and you're going to go away and dig out Pan's Labyrinth. I am indeed. So um, we'll try and quickly 
watch those before the next episode and give a brief review um but yeah thanks again uh, for your time today on uh, talking about me. 2006 i think it was a another mixed bag although actually a lot of uh i was uh, shocked i was genuinely yeah i was I was shocked at your number one, but it makes sense. I can see why that you 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 know you chose that. But um, but yeah. But yeah, thanks again, and we'll get you on to the next one for 1995. I look forward to it, man. Speak to you soon.